Good morning. It is day 106 of these revival talks. I think we'll go to about 500 and maybe try and change topic or something. I'm not sure. As long as revival's happening, I'll probably just keep going. Because, you know, it's going to be happening. It's like this tsunami wave is going to cover the earth for the rest of the... Until the very end. So we're in the big party season till the end where darkness grows, but the light overtakes it because it's so extremely large. And nothing can stop it. Nothing can hide from it. Nothing can be unpenetrated by light. And so even darkness is light to Jesus. So um, it really doesn't matter what's going on around us because it's going to be an opportunity for us to begin to see even more profoundly what supernatural life looks like because God has moved us into an era of supernatural life is our normal. So we're going to see supernatural crazy provision. We're going to see uh, favor on steroids because this is the season in this era of the church where God isn't building the same edifice anymore. This edifice, all right, I'm going to go turn my lights on. You'll have to look at my molars for a minute. <laughs> my joke. Oh, hallelujah. Answer to prayer. Um, but anyway, it's a season where we're going to see, like, you know, God has set the equation up in this, in this era for the God of the impossible to be known all, all over the globe. That the things that we are looking at and facing, the things that we will need, the things that we have need of in this era of the church, where he's building a prophetic intercessory body who pulls down the agenda of heaven and no longer is re the religious house is coming down like crazy. And the one, it's a whosoever will. Whosoever will pick up their cross, dare to live in an unscripted life and dare to live in radically unfamiliar territory will see the greatest wonders, signs, and miracles that the world's ever known. And so... We're out of the five-year plan, and we're into the unscripted plan and the holy chaos of heaven, which is so radically different than the chaos of the world, where all the ages of the church are converging, so everything is on the palette. Things are on the palette that we've written off the palette or that religion is snuffed out of the palette. So we have full access. Um, we always have had full access. Um, and we're taking dominion. And part of taking dominion is what, what, looking at what comes out of our mouth. There are a lot of places right now where I feel like the Lord is basically saying, how much do you want to tolerate? How much do you want to, how much of this do you want to do when you get faced with the fires and the storms and et cetera, where the enemy's coming in? like a flood in many places because we've all either on or in the threshold crossing over you know we've already had that season where the enemy tried to take us out you know we survived the multi multi-year season of the perfect storm we emerged on the other side broken battered beaten but still standing and so um we became a whosoever will and we became a least of these and we became one who has been the tail, but now it gets to be the head. One that's been at the end, it now gets to come forward. One that was been in obscurity, now gets seen. And so we're living in a realm where the suddenlies of God are stacked up like firecrackers because it is an accelerated time. It's a time of being, where time is being redeemed. So that what takes normally 10 years or 100 years will be done in a year. And so... 
um, backdrop of that is I bought the Lord said when I was on my way into work, and it's it's a phrase my wife has used a lot too, so I can't take full credit, but it really is one of those things, you know, if somebody else could be saying something, but when the Lord says it to you, you then it becomes your own, or if somebody says it enough, you just take it and make it yours. So either way, it works, right? Um, and plus, we're not all just the keepers of the information or prophetic. Everybody in the body has that potential too. Um, we may not all walk in governmental authority, um, but um, it doesn't mean we, we don't all have dominion and we could take dominion. And you might be able to have more governmental authority as well. I love the way Sean Baltz talks about his prophetic journey. You know, he's like, I didn't have the prophet call. You know, I didn't have all the symptoms, you know, all the things that accompany the life of the, of the man called from birth. And, you know, I didn't have that. I just wanted it. So this is definitely a season to want. And it's a definitely a season to want more and a season to see the fruit of what comes out of our mouth as we speak it new realities into existence as we tap into the unseen real and we cease looking at what is around us because unseen real is more real than what you're looking at this is a place of living a blurred existence as paul did in heaven and earth at the same time and he's teaching us more about what that means what our union means like what does it mean when i'm one with him what does it mean when I have the fullness of the kingdom inside of me? What does it mean when I'm a walking habitation and a revival waiting to happen? What does it mean when God says, I'm not, uh, you're not waiting on me, I'm waiting on you? I think when we get a clue about what's in us, <laughs> we realize I don't have to have somebody lay hands on me to get healed. I could just be healed. I am fused. I am one with Holy Spirit. He's already here. We are one, intertwined, every part of us. So it's strange that we should have, you know, I think part of what revival does is in the magnified grace that comes, the amplified grace. There is something about that amplified grace which, be, which enables the heart to be revealed. It enables the things that are the hidden depths of God to be revealed, the hidden things in us. It's why we have surprise ministries coming up out of our heart. Because many of us, we've had to come into the rain in order for the rain to soften the soil of my heart so that I could actually have something else take root. And when we don't do that, I mean, that my joke is always I have to have an encounter sometimes to have an encounter because I don't really know how dry and how, you know, how parts of me have been unbelieving because of the many years of contending from disappointment, etc. So Jesus is getting the residue out. He's cleaning the vessel. A lot of us have had a lot of past things come up, you know, things that are in the now that trigger old wounds. And that's been, you know, you see that in the baptismal pools in Dawsonville here at Remnant. It's like in Brunswick, Georgia, it's like, and everywhere Todd goes, you know, you're, you're seeing the same thing. You know, people are having the landscape of their heart change so they can embrace the new landscape of the unscripted life and territory. And the, the, the house of the Holy Spirit that the Father is building. And in this house, revelation drives the train. Revelation drives the agenda, not my five-year plan. You know, Dutch Sheets was with us recently here in um, Brunswick at the Remnant. And I felt like one of the things for sure that happened 
was, you know, you have governmental profits, and I, I don't fully understand how all this works, but I know people that this does happen with, and it probably happens with a lot of us too on a level and various levels. We're just not always aware. You don't know what happened when you walked into the room sometimes. You don't know what happened when you walked into a new city. But I think if we knew, we would be blown away by what actually transpired because we carried the fragrance of Christ like a billowing machine that like a smokes, you know those machines that make that smoke that you see on stage? We walked into a room and that was us and it permeated everything. And that was like kingdom coming out of us and things got shifted in the atmosphere and in people's hearts. We don't always know, we can't always, we don't have a barometer for that. But I did feel like the one thing that he, one of many things that he did was he released us into a now time. And you know, I've been talking about this um, in various different ways that this really is a season of a now time, like the fulfillment. This is an era and time of fulfillment. The challenge for us is not to jump into cynicism because many of us were the ones like myself who every year when the prophetic, you know, scene for the year comes out, the prophetic forecast, if you will, I'd be like, oh, I know this year it's all this. It's breakthrough, yada, yada, yada. He's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. You know, I love that song and I'm being funny, but um, <laughs> many of us know what it's like to be in a protracted, lengthy journey where in the waiting, he has caused us to drill deep into him. He's caused my heart to come out of Egypt and into a place where it was malleable, where Egypt was taken out of me. And I no longer saw myself as a victim. I saw myself as a um, son, of, son of heaven, son of God. I wasn't an orphan anymore. So he's kind of pulled the orphan out, brought us into a place where the orphan believes that we're a victim um, the son believes we have so much opportunity with everything that comes. So a son says to adversity, oh, hmm, what are you doing here, Lord, right? And so, but I feel like he really released us into a thing where, you know, really was like a now time. Like, like the things that have been on the burner that we've been waiting on. You know, some of us, that's job shifts. Some of us, it's ministry shifts. You know, it's things with our kids. It's all these different things. But it's like, when we shift into now, it means that the fulfillment of those things is, is here. And that's why I felt like my segue to, I thought the Lord said, it's turnaround time. And there is an appointed time for everything to turn around. And I don't fully understand the, the link to that. I don't know, um, I don't fully understand the timing of that, except to say that our mouth has everything to do with what happens in this era right now, that our mouth becomes the most powerful weapon that we have because it's the mouth that lifts the praise and thanks God and brings thankfulness to God for what he's doing. And with the mouth, we declare a thing and we decree a thing and we watch it manifest. And so when you come into a now, it means that the de declaration and the decrees that we're praying now will have a fast turnaround on them. We, we're not sowing into a multi-year uh, um, multi process. We're actually speaking it, and that's the difference, if I can, can say, between the agenda of heaven. When we are prophetic and intercessory geared, and we're geared and living in the heavenly realm and pulling down heaven, 
surrendering our agenda and 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 literally just pulling down the agenda in the moment for the day for the week for heaven it puts us in the place to speak a now word why because if it's a now in heaven it's a now in us if it's a no in heaven it's a no in us why would that passage used to puzzle the garbage out of me I'm like, how can it be a no in me first and a no in heaven? Well, who's inside of you? If you're one with Jesus, the thing that's in you is Jesus, right? And so the no, when I say no, no more of that, I don't tolerate that, I bind that and I lose that, then it's already in you. It's heaven backs up you, not because you're presumptuous, but because heaven is inside of you. I'm agreeing with Holy Ghost. So it's another way of saying, as you walk in union with me, your agreement with me comes out of your mouth. And the agreement with heaven is already there. And so which part of it was the download from heaven and which part of it was the upload into me? I think they're the same, especially if we're one. So when I felt like you said that, I felt like it was a thing where we need to kind of just go ahead and decree and declare some things that we're going to turn around. And it's a time to begin to speak that. Whether it's a wayward child, whether it's a financial, whatever, we'll do. I'm going to pray at the end. But I want to, I want to give an example of the turnaround. Because here's, hunger is a precursor to turnaround. We see turnaround happen when we are hungry enough. Or we are in that place where we are desperate. Desperation causes things to rise up in us that we wouldn't say. One of the best examples that we would say normally was that scene in the movie Breakthrough where her son is there with no heartbeat. He's dead on the table. This is not Miss Pentecostal lady, Miss Charismatic lady. It wasn't her MO to be much outside the box. In fact, she liked boxes quite a bit. And it wasn't part of her MO to be the one that was declaring and decreeing everything everywhere or prophesying over her kid and praying in tongues in the hospital room. She wasn't that woman. What she was though, was she was a desperate woman who was looking at a son that was dead. And she knew that God took, here's the thing about faith. We always think I gotta have so much. Her mustard seed was this. The mustard seed that that woman and that movie had was the mustard seed of knowing that Holy Spirit can do something. She didn't even necessarily know what Holy Spirit could do. It was just the awareness that there was that Holy Spirit is alive and he does stuff. And she pulled on heaven and made a demand on heaven. You will not see a miracle without putting a demand on heaven. And my hunger and my desperation moves me in the direction to put a demand on heaven. And when we put a demand on heaven, we see a manifestation. If you're not pulling on heaven or demanding from heaven, you're not going to see it. In other words, and it's, we are usually in a place of need. You know, the reason you're not seeing, you know, people get healed, set free, delivered while you're baking your cake is because you don't have a demand. But when you walk out that door and you walk up to that accident that just happened and there's a dead person on the ground, there is suddenly a demand from heaven and everything in you, your hunger and your desperation comes out of you and you tell them to get up in the name of Jesus and walk and they come back to life. So in the prodigal, I love this part for the turnaround. He said, when everything's spent and nothing left, 
he grew hungry. I have to come to the end of myself. For there was a severe famine in the land, so he begged a farmer in that country to hire him, and the fire and the farmer rather hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished he was willing to eat even the slop given to pigs, because no one would feed him a thing. That's when no one feeds you a thing. It's like when your kid gets to the end of your their rope and they realize that they're desperate and they've walked out into a place that they've made a big mistake and everything they've done to try to make life work doesn't work. It is the mercy of heaven. Jesus is not the one that brings the storm. Jesus is the one who actually redeems the storm. Okay, so Jesus did not make this boy... Um, he didn't make him be mistreated by local people who wanted to help him along in his identity as a pig slopper. That wasn't what Jesus did. Jesus didn't drive this boy out of the house. But because he is a God who redeems and restores absolutely always until the very end, he is reconciling all things to himself. He allowed the kid to get hungry and his identity to get shifted because no longer he's an orphan here, not a son in this place. But he said, humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing and thought. That's what it means to be hungry and to be ready for a turnaround. I have to examine where I'm at and I think. And it is the process of letting people go and surrendering them to Jesus and letting them come to a conclusion on their own as they play it out. And we do not rescue them. We let it play out. We have to let, and this is where hover parents, just saying, you know, if you're a hover mom and a dad, you're going to have to let some things play out. You can't, we cannot. There is a war that is done for children and for people who are lost and people that we love. But it is not a war that God has engaged us to tackle personally through our own intervention. I'm not saying God never leads you to do something or gives you a strategy. What I'm saying is when I come to the end of myself and they come to the end of themselves, we're in a perfect spot. Because I realize that there's nothing I could do to change that person or to bring heaven to them in the sense that they start to get it. They realize that they are at the end of their rope, like this man, young man. He says, why am I here? Dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop. I want to go back to my father's house. The house of sonship, the house of provision, the house of love, the house of acceptance. Everything that his identity now told him he wasn't any of those things. I want to go back to my father's house and I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned. I'm not worthy. All right. So basically, I want to go back to my father and I want to be the orphan and tell him that I am not worthy of anything but just feeding pigs. Right? But... The hunger in him drove him to the place that he got to, where he wanted to turn around. And so we're going to have to, like I said, release people in our lives 
to let them come to the end of their rope. And when we come to the end of ours, you know, like David Hogan says, how's all that trying to manipulate and trying to work it up and trying to get somebody to do something you want and try to do everything you can to bring in tough love and this, uh, how's all that been working for you? It's not saying we don't do things that require tough love. What it's saying is, is that I am powerless to turn a heart. But that person out there is one encounter. I don't care who they are in your life. They are one encounter away from being in exactly the same place. And I don't care how far out they've gone. I don't care what it looks like. Everyone on the planet is one encounter away from being completely aligned with heaven. And God does that. He's always working. He's always working in the background. So the biggest thing that I can do from where I am sitting is not to wage war against flesh, but to wage a war with my mouth and my declaration and my decrees and the things that I'm saying. When I'm saying to whatever that mountain is, you're going to get ripped up. I declare that as a son or a daughter of mine, you will walk in your destiny, you will, this is where my son's mama really, really good telling him who he is. You will walk in the thing that I know you were created for. You will, in the name of Jesus, you will turn from where you are right now. You are coming to the end of your rope. Your heart is turning right now. In fact, my wife likes to pray this one and it's been happening. I declare and I just command angels to go and just appear to them. Let them have an encounter with you. So when somebody walks up to your kid or to somebody you love out of the blue and the thing that they, that they could never um, hear when it came from your mouth, suddenly they can hear when it comes from somebody else's. It's not because of you. It's because of what you've declared and what you've issued in the spirit and what you've put out there. And God is working and responding to what comes out of our mouth. The turnaround in your finances, the turnaround in relationships is now. So speak to the mountain that's in your life and we tell it to move and declare it. I don't care what it looks like. A nation can change in a day only because God is the God of the encounter of heaven. And he could cause an entire nation to have an encounter with heaven and flip on a dime. If he can do that, can he not bring back a loved one? Can he not bring forth a healing in the life of a friend? Can he not take your student loan debt and literally like watch it dissipate and go? Can he not do supernatural things with provision that you've never seen? Can he not? The answer to all of those, of course, is yes, he can. We declare the truth and we look into unseen real when we do that and we call down truth and we declare what is in the unseen realm and we command it to manifest in the scene. So speak to it. I command that debt to go and to dissipate. I pull favor. Instead of saying nobody likes you at work, how about everyone is drawn to me? Everyone. Because I carry the kingdom and I'm a walking manifestation. Everyone in my workplace is drawn to me because they want Jesus. 
everyone in my workplace is longing for God and everyone that comes through my door, it is no coincidence that they are there. When they come through my door in my workplace, it's because they are been sent for a divine encounter with the Holy Ghost. It changes everything when we know that our war is, is vertical and not horizontal and that hunger is the precursor to turnaround. Speak to out of your own hunger and speak to the ones that have hunger in them right now and tell them what they are going to do and how heaven is going to manifest and what's going to happen and watch the turnaround. This, this boy came to the end of his rope and how many times do you think the father and the prodigal came to the end of his when he got to the place where he saw the son far off and ran to first restore his identity, but the ring in the robe. What you don't know is the backstory. How many days had he been sitting there saying, and you shall come to the end of your rope in the name of Jesus, and you will come to the end of your limitations, and you will, as a son of mine, walk in your destiny, and as a son of mine, you will fulfill the calling and the gifting that's on your life, the mandate of heaven that's on you as a son, you will fulfill every day that the king has for you to walk in and you and your children will do. And as a son, you will turn around and you will embrace the living God and you will say yes to him. How many days had our father and the prodigal story done that? After having done that and the words of his mouth, going into the atmosphere and the angels picking up on the assignment behind the words and doing the very thing in the boy's heart that he was wanting. By the time he saw him far off, I don't think he was too shocked because he expected a manifestation of what he had declared and decreed. He was speaking to the unseen real and the manifestation was just going to be the answer. But he already knew that he had the manifestation when the words came out of his mouth. It was never a question for that man whether or not his son was coming home. Like you and I, it's never a question of whether they are. They are all one encounter away. And they do come to the end of their rope. And Jesus does send angels to speak and to interact with the ones that we love, that we are calling into the place of destiny that God has for them. Don't underestimate. Use your words. I believe that when he saw his son coming and he ran with the robe and the ring, that he was fully aware that the Holy Spirit I can imagine Holy Spirit saying, you know what, son, as a father, all of your, this is a, this is your fulfillment. Everything that you prayed into the atmosphere, everything you declared, everything you decreed over him is now manifesting. And I heard you from the beginning and I believe Holy Spirit would even have told him and he's coming now. And so he went out there and he knew the first thing he had to do before what you never notice like he didn't like give him a reaming out he didn't rain the kid out 
That's called me doing what I could do. But the first thing he recognized that the son needed was to have his identity restored as a son. Sonship comes before any of those other things. The boy had already racked up enough consequences. It wasn't a time for him to heap something on him. It was a time for him to call him back into sonship and declare and tell him who he was. You lost your identity when you went out the door and you let the world and your own sin tell you who you were. But now that you're back at the father's house and the father has told, the father has told me about your your arrival as an answer to the things that I've been declaring, he knew and he had the ring ready and the robe ready. I bet he had it by the door, whatever, whatever dwelling. I bet it was sitting there waiting because he already had the answer and he was already thanking Jesus for the answer that the kid was coming home. And so all he was doing was looking for the manifestation. So Jesus, we take dominion and authority and we, we speak to everything that's been lost, everything the enemy's stolen, and we call it back to us. And we command angels to be released to bring it back. And we bind here the enemy's attempt. We say no to the, your attempt as the enemy to take the things that are stolen from me. You don't have any rights to them. And we command that you to let go. And we rejoice in the angelic hosts that have already been dispersed with the speaking of our word into the atmosphere of heaven to go and get it and to bring the turnaround of a son, of a daughter, of wealth, whatever. It's all, it's all there. It's the mountain that you see and the thing that you're declaring. This is the turnaround. So speak to it and look for it and thank God for it already because it's already been accomplished. There's no more guesswork. It's done. Blessings, guys. Share it. Give me your thoughts. If you think it's helpful um, to share it, do that. But tell me what you're thinking. I love hearing from you guys. It's always fun. And have a blessed day.